This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Good evening, it's Wednesday, it's 9pm. Okay, good evening, it's 9pm, it's Wednesday, and it's time for the Late Late Show with me, Toby Benkirk, and my excellent friend, Ed Finch. We're here, it's Wednesday, we're going to talk about creativity, creative thinking, creative versus artistic, all this stuff that came out of a blog I wrote this is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org, or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Okay, um, anyway, we're here, it's Wednesday, we're going to talk about creativity, creative thinking, creative versus artistic, all this stuff that came out of a blog I wrote several weeks ago um, now, um, in reaction to some conversation with Alison Honeybone, big shout out to Alison again, and also the, the Labour report the, from the David Blunkett report, um, which did refer to a more creative curriculum, but it didn't, it didn't throw out everything, it was just talking about a little bit more of a creative curriculum than perhaps we have at present. Um, anyway, so we're going to delve into that um, in a bit more. I am waiting for the Ed to join. Have I got an Ed? Good evening, Ed. Good evening. I've had some problems. Oh, I didn't. Well, I tell you, I did have a problem. I was uh, sorting out my socks, and yep. uh, and then I said problem. to Douglas in, in the most relaxed possible way, I said, "Oh, Douglas, what's the time actually, mate?" He said, "Twenty-one oh one." And then twenty one oh one, and then, and you were sorting out your sock drawer. Um, this this is a, a labour excuse. I was taking out socks from the big pile of damp laundry and hanging them up on the Socktopus. Socktopus, <laughs> excellent. Socktopus, I love the Socktopus. Oh, is a Socktopus a bit like a tree mug, a mug tree? Yes, but more socky and less muggy. <laughs> okay. It looks quite a lot like an octopus. It's a good thing. You should Oct- get one. I don't think I've got a octopus. Is that for drying socks? Do you know what? I will. Um, I will take a photograph and I will tweet a photograph of my octopus. I won't make any comment. I'll just put it out there. We'll see if anybody's listening and they see the octopus. They can they can give it a cheeky little like or something to show that they're in on it. But uh, maybe we won't <laughs> spend the whole program speaking about socks pie though. Oh, socks pie. No, no, let's I think not. It is correct. No, no. And so there we go. Um, right, but before we start properly and yes. talk, get into delve into this creativity, creative thinking Whatever discussion, that is. whatever Sorry. that is. Let's before we dive into that, I want to hear your ba- barn owl impression, Ed. <laughs> well, barn owl, barn owl. I mean, let's do the tawny owl first because people tawny are owl, generally owl. more. Is that less exciting? Well, I don't know. You could you could say we'll, we'll, we'll let you be the judge of it first. Let's have have the the tawny owl. Yeah. Or you might have two tawny owls discussing things with each other. Once you get <laughs> Yeah, that's that's two tawny that's two tawny owls there. And that's the sound that most people associate with the owl, as you know. But you yes. know, when people but but people often assume that's a barn owl, and a barn owl does not make that noise. Not okay. singly nor in duo. A barn owl makes this noise. Ah! <laughs> Does it? 
That's it. This is for you, Lucy. Lucy is loving this. Lying in bed, and you hear what seems to be a certain murder happening in your garden. It's usually either two foxes getting it on or a barn owl. (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic. I was going to say when you were doing your tawny owl impression, that was like a (laughs) that was like slow radio on um, broadcasting house on Sunday morning. On (laughs) Richard thinks it was a pterodactyl. Lucy says she's loving it. It's it's a tribute to you, Lucy. Um, Shout out to lovely Lucy who listens every week, and Richard listens back every week, and he's not often in the room. So thank you. Good evening, everybody in the room. Right. Okay, Ed. Let's get going. Um. So um. Right. As I said before, you joined us. We uh, about yes. three weeks ago ish, maybe mm-hmm. a little bit more. Um, there was a Labour report written by David Blunkett, um, which mentioned a little bit more creative education. We've spent the last two weeks think, talking about teacher identity and professional identity, which also mm-hmm. kind of came out of that. Um, and I wrote a long, long blog. Um, a, a well, Blunkett of- should report more often, shouldn't he? He's absolutely. He set us up for material for a month. Yes, I know. We need, we need, we need more yeah, blankets. Absolutely. And um, so, yes. And and so, I then wrote this long blog, which was quite widely of blogs that I haven't written a blog quite a long time. I don't think really. Well, maybe I wrote one just before that about Progress Eight. Actually, didn't I? Yes, I did. Um, but that was boring. Um, anyway, um, this is quite exciting. <laughs> I find this fascinating, and there was lots of comment and mm-hmm. discussion on it. And Alison Honeybone and I had a long discussion about this whole thing. Um, and and I think whenever we talk about creative thinking or creative mm-hmm. education or creativity um the two words of the late sometimes great sometimes not always thought of as great ken sir ken robinson and um, yes. and and it all that, that whole you know that famous ted oh. talk that he did oh. which was which was all about you know our schools killing creativity i don't want us to get too drawn into that because that for me is a bit of well, a because they clearly are so we can leave it yeah yeah well no, no, i mean, lost and won i think we well i think we i think it's more i wanted to discuss so so what are we going to what we're going to do just for yeah. listeners is I'm going to speak um, for a little bit uninterrupted. <laughs> for most of the show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to speak for hope, no more than 10 minutes maximum. Um, okay. okay. Listeners, with, with, set your timers. With, Let's with find out. And then you're going to come back. <laughs> And yeah. then, and then we're going to discuss it. And there might be some people who I don't know who all these these snit PSNCs and pips. Oh, there's SM, lots of folks on there. There's lots of oh, folks. Well, then just a few people. And there might be some people listening who have been part of the Twitter debate. Um, and I know that some people are going to try and listen. And that Helen, the um, maths expert, um, early years, etc. There was a big discussion mm-hmm. on Twitter between Helen, who's an early. Oh dear. Have we lost Toby or has Toby lost us? This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.withaslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. If you're listening to this, then we know we share one thing in common. A passion. 
for the type of outstanding education that every child deserves. That's what makes us the leading provider of specialist education and care. We need people like you to help us achieve even more. With us, you'll be given all the resources and support you need, offered a clear path to career progression, and be rewarded with some of the best salaries and benefits the industry has to offer. We are Witherslack Group. If you'd like to find out more, we'd love to hear from you. Visit www.witherslackgroup.co.uk forward slash careers and be part of our future. This is Teachers Talk Radio and this is Teachers Talk Radio News. The Scotsman reports on strike action by Scottish teachers planned to take place in the coming weeks. Scottish Education Secretary Shirley Ann Somerville has said there is no separate pot of money to fund an improved pay deal for school staff and that any improved pay offer would involve diverting cash from other areas. Strike action was announced after recent ballots and will be the first such action for almost 40 years. School staff are due to strike on November the 24th after members of Scotland's largest teaching union overwhelmingly voted in favour of the industrial action. The EIS union said 96% of its members backed the action via a ballot, which saw a turnout of 71%. The most recent offer of a 5% pay rise was rejected three months ago. Ms Somerville told the Scotsman that she was absolutely determined to try to reward staff with a pay rise closer to the 10% being sought by unions but warned it would lead to difficult decisions in other areas. In Wales, school children have been given the green light to support their national team in the group game against Iran. The Welsh Government has agreed to let schools decide how to manage the timetables during the game, which kicks off at 10am on Friday the 25th of November. The team is in the nation's first World Cup for 64 years. The FA of Wales has organised a football Friday for the day of the Iran game. Around 1,100 schools throughout the country are preparing for a full day of football activity. The Welsh FA has created packs including bunting, footballs, flags and posters to mark the event. Skills sessions, inter-school matches and football festivals are also planned for either side of the Iran game. Pupils in both primary and secondary schools are planning to take part in the events. FE Week focuses on the efforts of colleges across the country that have been instrumental in helping refugees from the war in Ukraine build a home away from home in the UK. Since the war began, around 7 million citizens of Ukraine have left their homes and almost 150,000 have found sanctuary in the UK. The country's colleges have dedicated their efforts to laying on ESOL courses to help refugees master English as well as other learning opportunities designed to help Ukrainians settle in. Whilst numbers vary from area to area, some colleges have signed more than 100 Ukrainian students onto courses. And not just for ESOL. At least 1,200 students are on A-level or other post-GCSE courses. But it's not just about teaching English. College staff have also worked to provide other practical support such as free bus passes, lunch vouchers and loaned laptops. The full story can be found on the FE Week website. Finally, a new resource for secondary school age pupils has been launched to encourage young people to consider a career in the veterinary professions. 
The British Veterinary Association has endorsed the Vet Team in a Box resource, produced by University of Liverpool. The resource is designed in line with the Key Stage 3 national curriculum and helps students participate in scenarios which aim to demystify the veterinary professions and remove perceived barriers to joining. The resource will be available later this month. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, this week let's talk gadgets and tech that helps us teach, but also might be something to hint at for a gift in the near future. Before I start, I'd like to define tech as anything that's been made that makes a difference to how we interact with the world, usually for the better. A pencil or scissors, for example, are classed as tech in my definition. That being said, let's look at what a few internet searches have brought up as must-have tech for teachers. Mini whiteboards, a favourite of Nathan Ginn, have got to be super useful. Things to watch though is pens running out, do you also need a cloth or a board rubber? And primary teachers don't let the kids keep them in the trays with the books. They make them look messy and get ink all over them. Interactive screens. Are you team interactive or could you have had a big TV and spent the rest on other things? I love interactivity, but my subject lends itself to it. Are you simply presenting on an overpriced screen? Things to check out are open source interactive software that's compatible with different devices. Sometimes you can be locked in by software. Having something you can use on almost any board might be for you, especially if your school has a mixed estate of kit, and as it's open source, it will be free. The presentation clicker is a classic. Things to watch for is losing it, leaving the USB dongle behind, and also ensuring you don't use the built-in Class 3 laser to blind the class. Does anyone really use a laser pointer? A webcam, a topic I've discussed in the past, a decent webcam nowadays doesn't need to be expensive and can do as much as a visualizer. Think purpose and audience, then think desk space and the number of cables needed. What about simpler gadgets? Feedback stamps. With these, I'd just be certain the way feedback is given isn't going to change before you buy them to get value for money from the stamp. Ninja pens. Is it a ruler? Is it a pen? No, it's a spirit level and also a flat and cross-headed screwdriver. It looks cool, but if you get a cheap one, don't expect to be able to unscrew anything unless what you're unscrewing is made from cheese. As always, I'd love to hear about your favourite teaching tech. Let us know at TT Radio 2022. I'm Steve Woods, and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods. Your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Pterodactyl. Well, ladies and gentlemen... We were going to have Toby talking for 10 minutes. Oh, he's back. Oh, yeah. Are you back? I'm back. I'm back. Oh, did, did I go? Did I disappear? <laughs> well, are you? I don't know. People, yeah, Lucy says he went. From my, from where I was standing, he disappeared. Oh. I just took the mic for a bit. It's fine. Carry on. Where were oh, you? Poop, poop, poop. Right. Anyway, so so I was going to talk for a bit. Ed was going to talk for a bit, and then people might rung, ring in. And does the silence count as part? It's not three minutes, Maxim. He was promising us 10. Ten of solid material. Oh, he's not gone again, has he? Okay, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Ten. Moved to a different um, part of the room. While he's gone, would you like any more bird impressions uh, before, before he comes back? <laughs> if you could like to suggest a bird in the chat, I'll do my best to do an impression of it. Well, I am back well, over here. <laughs> can you hear okay. me? Yeah, I can hear you now, mate. Yeah, yeah. Right, you missed I, some I, bird impressions. They were good. Carry on. I didn't, I, 
miss any bird impressions. I missed you talking about threatening them. Okay, creativity. So I think, so I, I would describe myself, and this annoys people on Twitter, as a creative thinker. And I think I've got plenty of evidence and people who could support that, people I worked with in industry. Um, and I'm intrigued about where it comes from. It's personally not trained or nurtured in school. It's something that happens, um, it, it's probably partially genetic like all forms of character and and intelligence and uh, so forth I suspect but it's it's not I don't believe in genetic determinism but but a kind of genetic propensity um I had quite a kind of sort of very isolated childhood so I had and I had lots of time to imagine and wonder and stuff and I sometimes whether that was a big factor in in making me more creative because I had to find ways of entertaining myself and so forth but but I think um when we talk about creativity and creative thinking and being creative it they often get conflated with being sort of artistic so so you know being creative is is producing something new or making something um Creativity is 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 that sort of thing, but in the workplace. But it can also apply to maths and science and stuff. It doesn't have to just apply to art and 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 um, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, it all gets a bit muddled up and confused. And I think when we have young children uh, who are often not always not all young children are curious come on let's be honest um uh but but young children often are very curious and interested because because they don't know very much and so they want to know why and 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 you know young young humans are naturally naturally curious and that curiosity does seem to dissipate as we go into adolescence so i don't think that schools knocking it out of people i think it's changes inside the humans brains and stuff but it is certainly true that that schools don't necessarily continue to nurture that that open-ended curiosity that is perhaps prevalent in in early years um because we have hefty curricula to impart and so i think that's that is an issue what i really object to what I really object to is this absolutely flawed notion that is prevalent in amongst mainstream sort of trad direct instruction, uh, current educational zeitgeist stuff is that you can't be a creative thinker or a critical thinker until you know lots of stuff. Um, now, unfortunately, am I still, can you still hear me, Ed? I can still hear you. Good. I, I, I think, um, oh, my headphones come out. Now I can't hear myself. Um, uh, I think that that there is a challenge in this, uh, this that idea. Now, most creative thinkers are quite clever people, um, but they're not creative thinkers because they're clever people. Um, I think they're two separate things, right? So I think there are an awful lot of very, very purebred, very, very clever academic people who are experts who know an awful lot about one field of study i don't like the word domain um you know and they know an awful lot about this sort of stuff but they can't necessarily think deeply about other things outside their expertise and they become a little bit sometimes as brilliant and wonderful as they are they can come a little bit sort of shackled by their the sort of sanctity of their their knowledge and so there are, you know, you can keep teaching people loads and loads of stuff and they can go and do 
undergraduate degrees and then postgraduate degrees and and they can do multiple postgraduate degrees and do postdoctoral research but they're not necessarily ever going to become a sort of creative genius they're just becoming more and more knowledgeable about less and less stuff and they can work with other people who are equally knowledgeable and they can be creative in those teams of people but they're not necessarily creatively thinking or looking at problems from the outside um so i, I think people who are creative thinkers that I've worked with, and, and I would include myself in this, are quite good at, at just, you know, asking really, really irritating questions. Creative thinkers are really irritating people. They may they may well be a little bit on the sort of ADHD spectrum as well. You know, they're very, very quick, active minds that are darting all over the place and are challenging perhaps the status quo a lot of the time. And that's not very much appreciated sometimes in the classroom because there's a curriculum to get through and there's exams to prepare for and so forth. So I think that um, education should spend a bit more time nurturing those creative thinkers, um, because I think an awful lot of those creative thinkers have a lot to offer society and work and life, but sometimes they do get suppressed at school. You know, uh, uh... <laughs> never mind. I can't let you in if you'd like to come and join with me. I don't know. Anybody got any comments on what Toby was saying? Now, it seems to me, on the one hand, sort of self evident. On the other hand, slightly, I think he's slightly wrong on some of that. So there's some of the stuff he's saying, people becoming very uh, deep in their so domain. That's probably my time up. He's back. Sorry, carry on. My time up, really. I think I think that's all I wanted to yeah, say. Sort of... we, we, we lost the last two minutes, mate. You disappeared. Oh, dear. Uh, oh, gosh. You were saying sort of yada, 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 domain-specific. Yeah, yeah, uh, getting stuck too far into particular fields of knowledge, so you're not making connections across. Saying that, uh, you, you sort of got to the point where you were going to say, you're saying education needs to give time to, I think you're going to say, working between disciplines and making connections and readying the brain for that. Yeah, exactly. Work. Letting it being a bit, being, we, 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 we're too obsessed in, in education. And this was true mm. before the direct instruction knowledge rich revolution this was still true then we are obsessed about subject knowledge and subject silos yeah. and and i was talking to someone yeah and, and 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 it's 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 i think it's really I don't know, because most people who study these really specific bits of knowledge until 16 mm. or until 18 don't go on to study it further. Very, very few people become academic experts in, in one narrow field of, of one subject. And and so, mm -hmm. and yet our whole education system is set up to, to focus on, on that pathway. And the, and, and I think, I think this is, this is a fundamental under, misunderstanding between education and industry and uh, and academia as well actually is that that you know that, that yeah it's it, i find it i find it weird um i'm not suggesting though that we throw out subjects and that we're constantly doing project-based learning all the time and we're probably doing discovery learning all the time mm -hmm. and we're, we're constantly trying to find the connections where maybe there aren't connections that that's not and and also i acknowledge that an awful lot of people are never going to just like an awful lot of people are never going to grow up to become a professor of mathematics 
at Imperial College or a professor of geology at, at um, wherever, Harvard. Just a lot of people aren't going to grow up to become creative thinkers either. A lot of people aren't going to grow up, you know. So, so I think obviously school has to balance, you know, the best the needs of everybody and that's that's really challenging because we do have different different needs and wants and whims um but i think uh i think i don't know but i, I that's all i wanted to sort of talk about really is also the idea yeah. if you're a creative thinker as an adult is that the same type of creativity and creative thinking as being a very curious child and and i'm not i think in the in the education space and amongst teachers I think we sometimes think that it is, but I, I think it's quite different. I think an awful lot of young children are curious and interested and uh, and wonder about the world um, because they've not been constrained or put into a box yet. And we put them into a box too early in this country, in my opinion. Um, yeah. But but I, I think that's, that's quite a different thing. I mean, someone who's a creative thinker and a curious um inventor or problem solver as an adult is was likely to be a curious child but not all curious children um or creative children um become creative adults uh and and i think um i think that's 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 just interesting i don't know i'm, I'm not there's nothing it's very inconclusive what i'm saying i'm just just find it um interesting that people's hackles I get up on this topic so much and that that everything in in school education favors the the fairly quickly forgotten content of subject-based curricula um and poo-poos or, or dismisses the need to just think a bit more open-endedly and to to explore things and not worry about getting the right answer or worry about how to answer a question in an exam which is not a skill that is ultimately useful to you as a, as a working adult so i think it's i think it becomes it, it all gets a bit the debate in it gets a bit messy. Anyway, I've spoken for long enough, Ed. Um, so did you want to pick up or challenge anything I said, or have you got your own opinions and insights on on on, on this stuff? Yeah, well, I do think. I, I think what you're saying, the difference between creativity, you know, the very what we see is that creative young child and what we then go on to prize as creativity in adults. I think it is a different beast, you know. Um, and I think children, quite a lot of them, see through it as well so you know children who can write you a delightful story about their pet dragons and how they went on a trip to the seaside with them um get fussed and praised as being terribly 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 creative in actual fact an awful lot of it is it's terrible guff you know yeah so oh, all yeah. the children wrote this marvelous poem i'm going to put it on twitter this marvelous poem the children wrote and you'll look at it i'll go i'll go Good heavens, they use kit writes magic box again and change just a couple of the adjectives. You know, so children are <laughs> smart creatures and a lot of them are very good at pleasing the adults with this sort of apparent creativity. Whereas a truly creative child who who just does a you know, I've got a kid in year six at the moment who just astonishes me, but he doesn't mm. astonish me much in lessons. He astonishes me by coming in with this beautiful things he makes with his hands you know i mean he's learned the skills from somewhere so much of what we term creativity in general you know is is because i'm not gonna say it's knowledge we learn i say it's skills you know so you know that i love doing a lino cut and i do not think i'm good at it and i don't pretend i am it's just something i enjoy doing You're better than me by people who are good at it 
And I look at it, I go, actually, there's a bunch of skills you've learned there. And some of the skills with the hands, some of the uh, understanding how colours are going to look together. Some of it's learning ways of looking at the world and seeing what's going to make a good subject. No, it's learnable. It's different, mm. I think, from, you know, an astonishing mathematician, you know, who can see the world through that extraordinary code and reread it. Maybe they, maybe, maybe they would say it isn't. Maybe they'd say it's skills I've learned. I just don't know this ultimately that very useful a word creativity because no we mean very different things by it you know we, you know describing picasso as as creative and then describing um einstein i don't know the, the inventor james dyson you know they're yeah. both creative yeah. but they are yeah creative creativity doesn't get me very much further they're both very creative well yeah they created stuff what, what, what do we mean what, what, what are you talking about so if we no, say we want to put it at our school's curriculum you know when we have our ideal school together toby you and me and at the center of the curriculum is this very soon i hope ed very soon yeah it's uh very hard to imagine what we actually mean by it because i think we do mean very different things by it if we're in a science classroom or an art classroom or an English absolutely classroom. i think i think that that's the thing is that you know i suppose if we think about you, you, our most famous polymath, you know, Leonardo da Vinci. Um, when I say "ah," he's not mine. Um, but um, but you know, Leonardo da Vinci was was he he looked at science with the eye of an artist, and he looked at sci art with the eye of a sort of scientist mathematician. And so you know, he could draw and study water from you know, look at it from the from an artistic behavior but also from a very mathematical behavior and that's obviously rare that level of of deep intellect to in, that in... extent it is you know he is an outlier yeah. but i mean there was less science to know back then wasn't there you know there was had... there, <laughs> there was, was. Great... you could know almost everything there is to know within a human lifetime probably that's nonsense but it's definitely definitely not true now oh yeah no um, he was pre-newton you know, pre-galileo pre pre i mean yeah. you know lots of proper scientists i know a few because some people are mm good friends with at university went on to be proper scientists you know and a lot i'm thinking about them they're all the ones that i really cared about who i thought were interesting all of them were polymathic to a degree i remember um mark Mirdovnik, who's a reasonably well-known popular scientist now and head of all sorts of um uh, material science boards i think he's at ucu i don't know anyway yeah when I knew him, he was into his music, he was into sketching, he was into filmmaking, he was into all sorts of stuff, as well as material science. Absolutely. I think it's still true that really creative, interesting scientists still tend to be people who are also going to the opera and... Yes, and that's right. They're, they're deeply artistic as well, and 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 the art infuses with their with their life, or and 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 maybe maybe you know absolutely they they've just got sort of great complex minds um but there's all equally there are an awful lot of very very talented um scientists and and mathematicians who are very much on the um on the sort of spectrum and and are very very black and white and aren't aren't that sort of shades of gray artsy sort of insight and 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 you know so so and and that's probably true in in all fields of, of life but i think i i think that's one of the things that's quite interesting in school is I, I think and i get a lot of pushback i've had a lot of pushback on twitter in the past well you know maybe science and maths aren't very creative at school um but they go to english lessons and they go to art lessons and they discuss things in history and so those that side of the brain is is sort of trained 
there no, if no, you like that's true, though, but i don't think it's true i don't think it's true because i think english becomes well unless you perhaps do english literature you know a level maybe um it's there's there's a lot of rules to learn and and a lot of ways yeah, to answer the question and, and ways to learning how to answer questions for the for the exam and you know yeah. i think the, the school that my kid goes to i think is a terrific school and doing a great job and he'll come out of it with a very strong collection of gcses and that's really important you need those because you know you want to do the next thing and the next thing but when he told tells me but he's not finished it now but when he was telling me about his english literature gcse i just felt pretty sad yeah sad, and but, I, you know, that was a conversation I, I had very very much of being reduced to this is how you answer this sort of question this is how you answer that sort of question i, I had a question a conversation today with someone who who um, works at imperial college not not a scientist is is in um but but is a sort of um involved in sort of outreach and and and, and stuff at imperial college and he was talking to me and said that um some professors or, or 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 senior senior researchers at imperial when they're selecting their students for phd often prefer students with a 2-1 rather than a first um mm -hmm. because because the, the people who get firsts and a stars and nines while some of them may be underlying creative geniuses um they are often um they're just very very good at um preparing for exams and and very conscientious and maybe they're blessed with with great um great memory or retrieval skills or whatever it is um and, and, but sometimes i think that's it a, a truly creative thinker a creative child um is a bit of a difficult thing to to control sorry they don't want anyone with two twos no <laughs> but but oh is he gone has he gone again friends um <laughs> it does make me chuckle i hope that's all right um so while toby's gone um has anybody got any interesting recipes that they've been cooking this week i've just made my famous chorizo stew shall we have a look see what rachel's been chipping in well, should we just get rachel in yeah let's get it's, it's rachel snit no rachel higginson at creative hig it's Rachel Creative Hig. She's Rachel Higginson's listening. Rachel, do you want to join us? Hi, how are you? Uh, I, I'm I'm feeling fascinated by your chat. <laughs> it's quite freewheeling. <laughs> it's the freewheeling Bob Dylan with gaps. So, so shall I give you my ten pence worth? Come on, well, you know, no, give us your fifty pence worth. Oh goodness. Okay. So, from everything I've learned about creativity. Creativity has been the bane of my life for the last six years um, because um, it is for me everything that's missing in education, but it is, as Ed said, really misrepresented in the way the word is interpreted yes. um, by people. So, um, you know, I've been on a really big journey of sort of embracing it and then trying to move away from it. And, and now I'm kind of back in a really safe, happy place with creativity. Um, and I think what, what we need to understand is that research shows that young people 
and how they interact with the world, if you look at them in EYFS, are inherently creative. And research shows that a very, very high percentage of children are very naturally creative. It's not that you're born creative or not. It is actually a really natural human trait. But over time, as, as buckets of research to show that once children start formal education, that sit down, listen to me, um, education, that, that that declines quite rapidly to the point that there's only then a very small percentage of um, adults who are naturally still really in that creative space in their lives in the way in which they interact with the world and behave in their careers and their personal life. That's not to say adults aren't creative and enjoy being creative, it's just those people who are, who are really naturally in that space. And the other thing that came up was also um, what is creativity and the most helpful definition is is from a piece a, a report called the innovators dna and that um, piece of work describes creativity as a set of behaviors which i think is a really helpful lens to look at creativity through those behaviors being um, making links um, yeah. connections um, questioning questioning everything creative people are really good at questioning networking and experimenting and and that is that beautiful playment play element of creativity which i think is so important in many formal careers if you, as you've alluded to you know play in a lab is is really pertinent and important so it's something that i think about deeply all the time um and that's my 50 pence worth for you toby that was good. That was that was that was that was. I'd say it's about twenty five pence worth. You, you, you could you could say more. Um, harsh, harsh. Well, considering I'm sat on the sofa by the fire in my onesie, um, thinking my evening was done, I was just going to sit back and listen. <laughs> yeah, well, it is my Chewbacca onesie, actually. Yeah, but, 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 but now I know I'm, I've got the voice of. I know she's going to listen back. She wanted to call in, but she couldn't. She sent a message on Twitter. I know Alison Honeybone, who has um, debated this with me at length on Twitter, um, would, I don't know whether she'd disagree with what you've said, because um, I, I mean, I completely agree with what you said, Rachel, but I think um, what Alison has sort of said is that in countries, if if it's true that schools or formal education does stifle creativity um, mm -hmm. if that's true then there would be no creative people in countries where there's formal education um because it, it you know but whereas actually you know but but then and the, our debate alice and my debate was about about some of the famous really famous you know and these are mm. tiny percentages of people you know the the, the newtons and the and the einsteins and the mm -hmm. and 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 the blaise pascals and the and the whoever's you know who who were really really creative you know mathematicians and mm -hmm. philosophers and thinker deep deep thinkers um and but they you know uh, she was saying that they still had a sort of formal education, but you know they sort of predate formal education. Those guys, don't mm, they? Mm. So, yeah, no, so, absolutely. I, I, I think that that's because creativity doesn't disappear, and the ability to then regain your um, creative skills and confidence 
is is always there. So that's sort of the cultural environments that those people are within, yeah. and and that's being nurtured within you know Google anywhere the Tesco yeah, yeah. boardroom you know yeah, if, yeah, if yeah. somebody's nurturing that and allowing you to grow that confidence it can it, you know it can come back in bucket loads but but I think the point is is for me um, I think I don't um, go against the need for rigor and education and knowledge I think we should have a knowledge rich mm. classroom mm. but I think for me it's about being really conscious in the way in which you have that rigor within your curriculum but you also have that you know space for deepening learning and allowing young people to really explore and get to know themselves through creativity and you know a great way of applying that knowledge rich stuff to developing and innovating new products and ideas um, you know there's so many ways pedagogically in which you can have both the, what's the traditional and the progressive working in in perfect harmony together um, I just think that we need to to work to find that place yeah I think and, and the question for you on that is that do you 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 could visit a lot of schools and 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 work with a lot of schools and a lot of lot of trusts and so forth um do you is 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 this sort of idea that a lot of schools or a lot of um the kind of the education the current educational zeitgeist is is a bit scared of creativity and and hence the reaction to the blanket blanket report from some people or is that just a tiny little pocket of twitter that that, that likes to kick off occasionally no i think to some extent that sort of kickback is not in not in context with the blanket report at all but i think sometimes um we can become a little too free and fluid and when you lose that structure you can you can have a system that that doesn't have outcomes that are useful to young people and that's not what certainly not what i'm suggesting um so what i talk about in schools and what really gets a buzz um, from from I've never presented on this and, and not have people really excited is the concept that within our education system we need to be really mindful of that which is good and that which is not good and we, we're really conscious or um, we perhaps are inwardly feeling this needs to change we need to be more brave and confident at being social disruptives and that's that when you use creativity to become um, innovators and you know we the only way our system will progress not necessarily a progressive in the prog term but progress in in line with society is if we do acknowledge our role as social disruptives and i think that you know for me in my experience i've never spoken about that in any trust or school i've been invited into um and people haven't got really excited about their professional responsibility to progress the system um but toby you have to remember that people do know i'm creative here then yeah. <laughs> you know they might be inviting that too <laughs> yeah <laughs> well sometimes i throw it in when i've not been invited to talk about that as well and people still like it <laughs> yeah we all feel it don't we we all feel the need to disrupt and uh you know we all feel that you know that the, i've got so many people who blame the national curriculum and i don't really think it was a national curriculum but it's a good part no. 
Um, yeah. Yeah, we all feel constrained one way or another. And I think we all feel even more constrained one way or another in the current educational climate and of course. budget climate as well. You know, yeah, so, absolutely. You know, we feel we, we feel there's so little we can do. We feel quite powerless. We feel we a lack of agency. So someone who speaks to us of agency, you know, yeah. gets the blood flowing. The question is how you make it real day to day when you've still got the current inspection framework, which wasn't meant to mm. do what it's done, but mm. it's done it. And when you've got you know, a long list of subjects that you have to get through and which you've been told you need to write you know, a sequenced scheme for, to the extent where, you know, people look into it and they look from the first day of term, they know what every lesson's going to be to the last day of term. When you say, yeah. go out, leave, leave a couple of lessons a week free, friends, so that you can mm. follow a tangent yeah. you with hollow eyes and laugh, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We yeah, no, know we want to deliver this. We, I mean, I don't think I know a, a primary school teacher who doesn't want to do this, but I think we all look at the situation we're in and wonder how we can. And yeah. Then, what about the, the, the it's a, primary schools are, are generally, you know, better at, at, at nurturing and tapping into this because of partly because of the age of the children, partly because there's no exams in anything other than English and maths in, in, in terms of SATs and, and so forth. And so you're not too, you're not, you know, and, and also, um, you know, the children are made largely, you know, until maybe year six, you know, largely sort of pre-adolescent and, and so not, not, you know, they're more open than they're not, they're not, you know, our minds get do closed down and we become rather self-obsessed, don't we, during, during, during adolescence. And, and so, um, uh, but then my my problem is key stage three in in, in our current <laughs> our current world is that that you know it, it, and in science and in maths key stage three becomes foundational to key stage four the really meaty GCSEs and and, and in and in science which is you know this why space is such an important topic because um, you know you you can explore it and go deeper and, and and it's fascinating i'm as an adult i'm not super fascinated by it but you know in a classroom it's it's so you know you can take it in any direction and and nurture the sort of creative thinking and 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 just exploring and curiosity um but but you know by the time you do space in in secondary it's it's a series of facts um that, that need to be learnt for an exam and it's not and all that sort of imagining and trying to understand or explain what a black hole is if you if you care um is 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 lost really a bit and and other things that 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 that's a big problem is that it you know key stage three should be an extension of upper key stage two in terms of sort of just you know rather than obsessing about sort of foundational subject concepts um mm. a, a bit more discussion a bit more creativity a bit more open-endedness but ultimately schools um you know I, I, you know you might have some really really i think that's the problem is that science teachers are generally not very creative whereas scientists are quite creative right and so there's there's quite a difference really between the two take a pop at that they um, might take a pop at it and they can take a pop at it if they want to and i know i know i'm unpopular with 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 a few of them um 
<laughs> Sorry, Richard, because um, I know he's a loyal listener. Um, but 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 equally, you know, there are there are different ways of being great at science, and not all of them are creative. Um, well, there's also different ways of being creative, as well. Yeah, um, exactly. So I think we can you can perceive creative as sort of zany pedagogy, and actually that's doing creativity mm -hmm. a disservice. You know, the the, the brilliant creativity is just when you're when you're really embracing. Um, um, really thinking deeply and thinking about things in a new way. Um, and uh, interestingly, Toby, I was having a conversation with Mary Myatt this morning about Key Stage 3 being the powerhouse of the school and, yeah. and how that is just such a beautiful opportunity to really deepen concepts and get the really rich pedagogy in before it all gets very serious again. Yeah, um, exactly. And I think you're totally right. And that's the same conversation I had with with the the Imperial College um, director of outreach today as well. Is that that you know looking at there's there's a lot of pressure on universities to get to uh, you know pre sixteen and 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 to kind of try and but not 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 you know I know um, there's a lot there's a lot we can discuss around that. But I think is is that. Uh, the, the, everything becomes such an exam treadmill at 16 and then 18 mm -hmm. um and 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 of course in 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 the real world and i know education is not just about future jobs but um or, or shouldn't just be about future jobs but it it's it, the sort of raising broadening minds and raising awareness of of you know if you're really interested in sound or you know mm -hmm. sound technician and you know like that that sort of stuff you should be exploring uh, you know things like that rather than just the fundamental box tick physics facts about the difference between amplitude and frequency or whatever you know mm, just, mm. Just, just actually let's not worry so much about whether you fundamentally understand the 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 few core facts at key stage three let's make it a bit more you know i think i think that's my my thing you know i'll be totally honest i don't think i'm really a teacher i'm an inspirer and i think that's 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 you know i'm not you know i i struggle with this um you know i i think that's my job um and maybe that's why i find the teaching profession quite challenging is because you know, I, I just want to open people's minds and inspire them and excite them about stuff, and and while we're rather worrying about whether they've learnt it or mastered it <laughs> or can get it in an exam is not really what why I do the job, and 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 therefore I'm not very popular sometimes because, you know, unfortunately the job is about getting those those grades or those progress figures or those whatevers. It's um, hard though when you're considering that this is about social equity as well so you know for, for all of our colleagues that are working really hard and perhaps becoming more um, rigorous than we would like I think I am I try to be mindful and empathize with the fact that it comes from a really um, strong desire to um, create a more equal society and for our most disadvantaged children to, you know, get a hoik up the ladder to their rightful place. Um, and then I think it becomes really complex as, a, as an education debate. Um, yeah. That's not to say I don't believe the same things, but I also, I get it. <laughs> You know, I you get know, what I, people I, I do, want to I do, achieve. I do get that, but if you, but I suppose my my point is that if you are focused solely on improving results in order to break down glass ceilings and so forth, and and, and for that social equity, um, 
but those children in those disadvantaged areas aren't exposed to the the um inspirational people or they don't doing the university visit or the school trip or the or the or you know and i know i'm really and really cynical about the one day sort of really exciting stem workshop yeah, when, me too. The, when the other three years yeah, are just yeah, yeah. dry learn the curriculum that yeah doesn't, that doesn't work it's got to be but 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 what what we sort of need is is not just improving the grades for people from disadvantaged backgrounds but increasing their exposure to the the things that, that the, the affluent middle classes are exposed to routinely as well so the inspirational people the the uh, on a regular basis um not just the great teacher you know the the the, 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 the and i think that's that's a real challenge um and and you know that's me being utopian um but there you go yeah i think i think you're completely right um but i think um what i would say about those rigorous curriculums and like i really i really hear ed i oh. hear your your pain can you hear me yeah i can hear you now uh, sorry um i i i was just saying i hear ed's pain sorry my phone's doing some funny things um you hear ed's pain is ed in pain yeah, I mean, with, with his curriculum and the pressures that brings, because I think with the point I would make about, you know, really driving for those results is, is it, it may to some extent be missing the point of shaping, you know, really resilient, um, confident young people with agency who can take those grades and do something really powerful with them and also lead successful, joyful lives. I was talking to um, Dan, who's my boss, yesterday uh, about yeah. this. So talking about, you know, not just in my school, but you know, across the trust, and we think across the sector, what it's what it's looking like in year three at the moment, where we have a lot of children who they had really disrupted experiences. Uh, you know, I think they're the most in primary, the most you know damaged year group by the experience of the pandemic. Sure. Yeah. And we're looking at them, and they just no enough stuff to be interested in stuff wow just, you know they're just there's bits missing there's vocabulary yeah. like somebody did a bit of research and like they just don't have the vocabulary that they would have had three years ago in that year group and so there's something really intentional about saying actually we not we're not doing knowledge curriculum because we're obsessed with knowledge or because we've signed up for some great movement we're doing it because we want to put enough stuff into the kids heads and enough vocabulary into their mouths but when we put something new in there, it's got hooks. Do you know? What Absolutely, I mean? and that's so important. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Now than it ever has been. Yeah, it's kind of. It's not my natural way of being, you know, as a teacher mm. and as a as a school mm. leader. It's not. It's not really kind of who I think I am. It's like you know, but actually, I, I really respect it. I think. I yes. To, yeah. To know enough stuff that they can be interested in stuff, and then, and I want that because I want them to be able to speak freely and creatively and authentically from themselves. Yeah. I don't think yeah. you can do that until you've got the vocabulary and the, and the breadth of experience. So, you know, yes, I find it quite irritating that I'm looking at this and going, well, I've got a six week uh, half term and there's six weeks of geography I've got to deliver and there's nowhere for that. You know, it's hard to fit in the hook lesson and it's hard to fit in the experience because we've got so much to teach. And then at the other end of it, you're going, yes, but there's so much for them to learn and we've curated what we want them to learn and we thought about it and you know we really want them to know it because it's going to make sense when we're picking mm. up you know picking it up next year so i'm, I'm absolutely torn down the middle absolutely i think oh, there's I, something I, about I, the enactment sorry yeah yeah 
whether it's my lino cutting, I get better at it the more I learn, or whether it's, you know, putting scientific ideas together. You have to have stuff to bang together to make You need art. the proficiency, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I totally am, am split down the middle as well, but I will bang the... But I, but the only question that I have that is, is the elephant in the room of, yes, we all we know that to be successful and creative in in as an adult in in whatever line of work or line of hobby you you have you you need to know oh he's gone again he's still there i'm still here i'm still here good oh Oh, we've got you back, oh, Toby. Oh, repeat that. Sorry, I just repeat that. Sorry, the, I just think that he, I think the idea that increasing knowledge, you know, that we have, you know, by age eleven, by age sixteen, is is really is really key to being able to be engage and discuss this stuff and become a creative adult in whatever line of work or or hobby we may have is what I was saying. But we can't ever get away from the fact that huge swathes of the population including this particularly you know above average intellectual creative thinker that's speaking too much now um you know <laughs> we forget most of that knowledge very very quickly and we never apply it and so we become we you know so so whilst we know that increasing knowledge increases opportunity and increases enable to acquire more knowledge and and to interact with more people um it's a hugely i i know this is this is really controversial and um, but you know it's a hugely inefficient system you know because you know six months after we've sat the gcses in physics chemistry and biology um if we don't go on to study it further it's all gone and that knowledge is therefore not useful knowledge because it's it you know we spent too much time learning some fundamental physics and learning some fundamental biology and it's all gone it's all gone it's never <laughs> never like used you haven't had enough retrieval practice no <laughs> yeah all right but but you know you can have retrieval practice all day every day but then if you never yeah. if you don't keep retrieving it after the, yeah. the bloody exam then it's 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 gone so it's only been a means to an end it's only been a means to an end absolutely right can i also ask david just for the sake of, of looking like the smarty pants here were we ever going to play the news in this program or have <gasps> oh my gosh um i don't know if we were because my my obviously i'm having some technical issues um so we're going to play the news and then we're going to come back for some music ed yes um, i'm going to try and play the news um, oh. now, Rachel, I'm going to say goodbye then. Thank you so much for um, forcing me. Thank you very much, talk. Creative Hig, Creative Hig, <laughs> who who works for Myatt and Co. and does wonderful stuff. And and Ed and I both know Rachel too. It's lovely to have you on the show. Oh, um, thank you. Um, and thank you. Walking near your house on Saturday, I might knock on your door and see. Oh, it'd be lovely. Come and have a cup of coffee. All right, boys. Right, Have a lovely care. evening. Bye. Right. Here is, I'm going to say here is the news and see if it works. Da, 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 da. Da, 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 da. Technical issues. Okay. Um, um, right. I now. The news. Read the script. I'm going to do a, a plug for our um, sponsors with a Slack group. I've lost oh, my script. Um, can I find my script? Probably not easily. Um, so there's the Witherslack group, there's the Oxford University Press, 
Um, Listen, if you're listening to this, then we know we have at least one thing in common. That is a, a love of uh, learning or something. Is that the one? Yes, a love of learning. We do have that. I think it's a big assumption, but carry on. And so anything else? Um, I I mean, uh, Tom might edit this show afterwards and pin on the news afterwards. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what's happened with my computer. I have got too many children in the house with too much other Wi-Fi going on. And it's also been really, really, really horribly rainy. And that does tend to affect these sort of things a bit. Um, and maybe my computer's a little bit full of other stuff too. Hmm. I don't know. Time to clear the cash. Have you defragged it recently? Defragged it? I haven't I defragged it. No, I haven't turned it off and on recently either. That's that's that sometimes helps, doesn't it? Just a simple off and on can can sort these things out. Um, yeah, you have to cycle it. Have to cycle it. Um, anyway, everybody. Um, well, that was good. Have you got anything you'd like to say about it, Ed? About defragging. Defragging about. I think. Well, I, you know. Yeah. No, I think we gave it. A, we, we had a heated debate, didn't we? we? We kicked it around a little bit. We decided we didn't know what it was, but we liked it. We thought we'd have more of it, but it's quite hard to squeeze it in. I think Snit that's what we PC. Said. I've invited Snit in. Snit's been trying to join. Snit PC. Who is Snit PC? Good evening. You're now a speaker. Hello. Who is hello? It's Christine. <laughs> Christine. Christine. Hi. How are you? You've muted yourself. Oh. I'm not very good. Come on, Christine. Um, I just, I, I, I'm going to put a spanner in the works here because I think that, you know, in primary, this is really good. But actually, you know what I think is the problem? I think the problem is that people do not connect subjects up. That's your problem with innovation. Yes. I agree. People, people, people teach to exams and life is not about exams. Life is not about have an answer for a question because life isn't like that. What happens if you don't get that question and then you have to think outside the box? Yeah. I, th and I think... What and what I find, because I'm I'm very much I'm very much he, and what I find very sad is that people do not know how to critically think. They don't know how to critically read. They don't know how to critically evaluate. They don't know how to critically analyze. And you can't teach that. What you no. can do is you can, what you can do is that knowledge, it, knowledge is power, but knowledge is not, power is nothing without application. So what you have to do is you have to put a scenario in where you get kids to apply that knowledge to a real life conceptualized situation that they can actually see the relevance of that knowledge. Yeah, I think that's 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 a good point. I think I, I mean I would agree. We don't spend enough time critically thinking, but uh, but then the the naysayers, the, the, the counter us, would say that um, the the sort of critical thinking, creative thinking, which are overlaid concepts, I suppose, um, are 
you know, you'd say that, you know, you can't, it's not easy to critically think about things um, until you know quite a lot. And, 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 and it's a bit like teaching kids about mortgages or tax system, you know, or, or Toby, you've gone. He's gone again. He's at this. He's oh. been having a nightmare, isn't he? He has been having a nightmare. But yeah, do you know what I'm? Again, you know I, what I'm talking. About? Um, but I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. You do you know, know what, what I'm talking about? about yeah, I know what you mean. Um, the, the thing is, is that when I teach, when I teach like science and I teach sales, I will get the students to make sales out of sweets. Then I will get them to think about the sweets that they pick for certain organelles and why did they pick that? What is that structure like that for that function that it does? And that visual, that actually getting them involved in making something, in creating something, then gets them to think about, you know, the cell as something almost that they can actually make and actually see but uh, yeah we could get we might have to defer that discussion because i've got quite a lot to to say about that because i think sometimes you know i anyway i think we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna that that's really interesting that i agree with a lot of what you're saying but i'm not sure converting fundamental biology into craft is necessarily always um helps people learn or understand it um and and also you know does everybody need to understand a cell anyway that's that's my bigger point is is you know um but you're i completely agree with you about the subjects becoming too siloed and too separate and not connected and often the language of geography is quite different to the language of chemistry in an exam but yet in the real world they overlay completely um in parts of part you know the geological parts of geography anyway Thank you, Christine, for calling in. That's really good, and I, I, I think that's really interesting one to pick up on on the sort of the the uh, yeah infusing creative tasks with complex concepts. Is that a good thing or a bad thing or an indifferent thing? I don't know. I think that's that's a whole other conversation. Um, so I don't know if you can hear me, everybody. Still, Ed. Are we gonna? We couldn't do the news. We couldn't do the adverts with a Slack group. Oxford Union Press. You've been listening to Ed and Toby on Teachers Talk Radio, um, and I've been cutting in and out. Um, you're going to play some music, Ed. I wonder if I've been cutting in and out. Have I? Um, I, I don't know. I think it's mainly me, but who knows? Who no. knows? Who knows? We don't know. Is there anyone still with us? There are online still 10 people. There'd be the total of 22 people involved in the show. Hello, Mrs. P. How are you doing? I'm just tuning up, which I haven't done for a while. Bad. <laughs> Baby's gone. Um, before we started, Toby was doing some tweets, wasn't he? He was saying, I don't know what is creativity. What is it for? Where is it gone? And all that sort of thing. And uh, somebody, was it Lucy, said, oh, it sounds like Cotton Eye Joe. <laughs> I thought I'd have a go at Cotton Eye Joe, but not the Cotton Eye Joe that you're expecting because I am a creative maverick and because I can't bear it, so I'm going for the Michelle Shocked one instead, which I've never played in my life. I'm making up the chords, so I hope I get away with it. What's to be done with a prodigal son? 
Welcome him home with open arms. Throw a big party, invite your friends. Our boys come back home. When a girl comes home with the oats, he sounded. Draw your shades and your shutters. She's bringing such shame to the family name. The return of the prodigal daughter singing, Oh, cotton night, Joe. Went to the doctor and I almost died. When I told my mama, Lordy, how she cried. Me and my daddy were never too close. He was there when I needed him most. Look, here comes the prodigal son. Fetching my tall glass of water But there's none in the cupboard Cause he drank it all up Left for the prodigal daughter Singing Oh, Cotton Eye Joe Oh, Cotton Eye Joe Hadn't been for the Cotton Eye Joe I'd have been married a long time ago Oh, I'd have been married a long time ago Hey! Lovely song. Lovely. That's a much nicer version. Could you hear me? I can hear you. It's beautiful. Oh, good. Well done, Ed. Thank you very much. Well, we have, in a very circular and creative way, discussed various bits of things. I think there's probably a few gaps in some of the stuff I wanted to try and get across, but those will come to me in the week and we can talk about them next week, including some of that stuff that Christine was talking about at the end there as well. Um, so... Thank you for listening, everybody. Thank you for coping with my glitchiness. Um, and I hope that was uh, intriguing and it's inconclusive, I'm sure. Um, I'm going to see if I can play the exit music. Um, thank you, Ed, um, as well. And um, speak to you soon, guys. Speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. No, I can't do the end music. So you've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio, the late, late show with Toby Payne Cook and Ed Finch. And we've been talking about creativity and creative thinking and all that malarkey. And we'll be back next week to talk about some more stuff. And then it'll be getting close to Christmas when we will start to think about our books and recommended book lists and recommended this, that and the others for Christmas and get a little less educational and get a little bit more frivolous. Thank you very much for listening. Good night, everybody. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.